0: Oh boy, it's it's time for emotional management. Listen, we're going to make that exciting. We're going to make that cool because it really needs to be. I'm Dr. Christian Conti and this show is a show about life. Look, we all have emotions. No matter where you are in life, you're experiencing something. And the question is, how do we handle them? How do we handle the different emotions that we experience probably most importantly, specifically for you is how do we handle intense emotions? We're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, The number is 866-391-1020. Would love for you to call in and talk. We've got lots of email questions to get to, and we definitely will get to those. Um, But also I love to talk with you. So give me a call 866-391-1020. So I I think I've mentioned before on the show uh, last week, I said, you know, I've spent I I tend to downplay the things I'm doing. And and sometimes I just need to sit back and just sit in um, in gratitude. And part of my gratitude this tonight that I want to express is for the people who are listening all over. I heard from a couple people who are in Australia who tune in regularly. Um, so I appreciate that so much. I heard from a couple of people from Canada that also tune in. So we we are, I'm touched that this is being heard um, by the wonders of the internet. You know, you listen on kdkradio.com, then, you, you know, you're able to tune in clearly wherever you are, wherever you can get uh, the internet. Um, so thank you so much to everyone who's tuning in and I want to help you find peace. That's really, that's really the goal that I have. It's the goal that I have with this show it's why I do what I do on YouTube. I have a YouTube uh, channel. So I, on radio, you can't see me, obviously. Uh, but if you want to see what I look like or see the message and a video message, I do a YouTube channel. And you just go to YouTube and type in Dr. Christian Conti that's C-O-N-T-E. But a lot of people will tune into the videos and they will, you know, I get to hear really uh, kind um, feedback, a lot of feedback from all over. Of course, you hear all kinds of feedback. Um, But I'm grateful to people who tune into that. So give me a call tonight. 866-391-1020 is the number. I want to start off by talking about intense emotions. I don't know if you caught the news bulletin, um, but there's some anger in the world. (laughs) There's some anger in the world. There's anger in the world regarding politics. Doesn't matter what side you're on. You're angry. Um, There's a lot of anger out there. And the problem with anger, the problem with hatred is that it's a poison it's a poison it it destroys people so i specialize in working with people convicted of violent crimes and i go in and work with people in maximum security prisons who have done some of the most horrific things to others and i've i've seen firsthand the effects of what hate can do and we have a tendency to see ourselves in a vacuum In other words, that what we're doing doesn't really ripple out and impact others. So if you really dislike someone and you rally other people, boy, I really don't like this person and here's what I don't like about them and you shouldn't like them either. And when you start to rally other people to join in that hatred, think about the ripple effect of that. It's powerful. So I want to challenge you tonight to look at your own intense emotions Specifically, let's, let's look at anger. Let's look at hatred. And if you're experiencing that kind of stuff, give me a call. Cause I definitely want to talk to you about it. But even if tonight you just want to listen, then I really want you to almost imagine that a mirror is being held up so that when you think about the things that you dislike in others and maybe the hatred or intense emotions you have for them, the mirror reflects it back to you to look at your own life. Because I think when we look at our lives, we have a, we have an opportunity to get free. See, if you put your your entire um, plan for finding peace on the outside world, so if you find somebody, you say, I hate this person, and if this person would change, then I could feel peace. Well, you just took your peace and you put it in someone else's charge. So someone else is in charge of your peace. So now that person controls you like a puppet like a puppet. I mean, think about a marionette, your strings, your strings attached to your hands and feet. And none of us wants to see ourselves as a puppet. But if your peace is dependent on what other people say and do, then that's exactly what we are. And I think that there's something more, something powerful that I really want to express. And that is this, when you know that you're struggling with hatred, you know, that that's an awful feeling. Like it doesn't feel good to sit in anger and hatred. It doesn't. Of course, if you're angry, you know, and you explode on, and we'll talk about this tonight, but if you're angry and you explode out of anger in that moment, that might feel good to explode. Then two seconds later, you are regretting what you did. You are regretful of what you might've said. So sure. Anger bursts when you literally lash out endorphins flow through you and you feel good, but after that you feel really bad. But I want to go deeper than that, too. You understand on some level that anger is toxic, that hatred is most certainly a poison. Now, if you know that anger and hatred, if that's poison and you understand how toxic that is to your own internal dialogue, then why rally others to share in your hate? Think about it when you it's like me drinking a glass of poison and saying, this is poison and it's killing me here. You should try some. It's really no different. If you know that hatred consumes you, maybe you turn on the television, maybe you get instantly angry. Maybe you watch stuff that incites that anger all day long. And maybe you call somebody, you say, I'm so angry. I'm so, I'm so enraged. Now I'm going to call and try to rally other people to feel exactly the way I do. And I'm shining a light on that tonight. Because that's exactly what happens when we rally other people to hate and maybe it's a big thing maybe you're hating a big thing maybe it's maybe it's an individual person whatever it is maybe it's somebody maybe it's a it's a larger larger societal issue or maybe it's a personal issue maybe someone wronged you in some way maybe you were slighted in some way and if you hang on to hatred to someone who has slighted you or wronged you in some way Well, there's some awakening things to recognize. And the first and foremost is that is this anger and hatred are absolute hatred specifically hatred specifically is completely entwined with entitlement. In other words, hatred comes hand in hand with entitlement. Like you should be different. You should have never wronged me. You should know the way I know you should do the way I do. That's an entitlement, and and when when you rally other people to have hatred, you are basically saying, "Here, here's some poison. I want you to hurt yourself." And I don't think that's the message anybody can be really proud of doing. But again, that's why I wanted to shine light on it tonight because this is really what this is about. There's zero judgment. If you've ever listened to my show, watched the video, listened to me speak, or been around me, you understand. I might not be able to sing and dance. I don't have any. Musical talent, but my superpower is non judgment. I don't judge people. I have no judgment for you. We are where we are. But I definitely want to shine light on this because this is all about trying to find peace. 866 391 1020 is the number. I love to talk to you on the show. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020 if you want to talk. Look, let's let's do it this way. If you are struggling with anger, and I know in the listening audience, we have people who are struggling with anger. If you're angry, you could be angry, whatever it is, politics, religion, whatever you're angry about, 866-391-1020. Let's talk about it if you're open to releasing some of that anger you know, it's a different show. It's not the type of radio show where we just call in and everybody's angry It's a type of show where we're looking for solutions. It's okay to feel however you feel. There's nothing wrong with however you feel. It's about shining light on it. It's about expanding consciousness. It's about recognizing that you don't have to live in anger and hatred. You don't have to live in that way. See, we have a tendency to not define it as hatred when we just, uh, are so enveloped by it. We think, no, this is just what I believe. And this is other people. This is I'm entitled to feel this way. The problem is anyone who hates believes that hatred is justified. Everyone, everyone, if you hate, you believe your hatred is justified, but there's, there's more to it. There's, there's more to the story and that's powerful to recognize. There's more to the story all the time. Hey, there was a a man, and he was drowning, and so he screamed, I I can't swim, I can't swim, as he's drowning, and on the bank of the river, there was an old fisherman who's sitting in a rocking chair, and he said, "Uh, I can't swim either, but you don't hear me crying about it. See, context matters. Context matters. Oftentimes, we judge others just from an entirely different place from where they are from, 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 especially from where we are. So sometimes we're not struggling with something. And so we think, well, it's not, it's not that significant of an issue, but here's the reality. I I would say, let's not be like that old fisherman. And instead let's expand our compassion to help those who are struggling in ways that maybe you're not. See, there's a reason why people are the way they are. There's a reason why you are the way you are. One thing has led to the, to the next in the story of everyone's life, and this is this is an important thing to understand. There is more to the story, and and that's especially true with hatred. and I, And I'm I'm keying in on that tonight. See, I don't, I'm mindful about the words I use, and I and I don't. It, it, this is a good tip from sports psychology. So, in sports psychology, one of the things we teach athletes is to focus on what they want, not on what they don't want. So, we wouldn't tell a hitter in baseball, to go up to the plate and say, don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out, because then he's basically telling himself, strike out, strike out. Instead, we would say, see the ball, hit the ball, something like that. Now, the words that we use, we focus on them. So if you want to transcend failure, for instance, you want to be mindful not to say failure 24-7, instead focus on what you want, which is success whatever that is, however you define that. But the point is be mindful of your words. That being said, I don't even like to throw out the word hatred because it's an intense negativity, but we're shining light. We're shining light tonight because there's someone out there who is listening, who's struggling with this. And and, and when you're struggling with this hatred, you you, you feel like, well, You know, there's so many different feelings, but one of them could be uh, that I know people don't understand. And so what do we do? We try to get people to understand, well, you need to hate this person more. So let's go back to the concept of someone slights you, someone wrongs you. We think, well, this is a reality. This person harmed me. So I have a right to, to hate this person. But think about how many times that you have slighted someone else intentionally or not. The reality is the same. I mean, I can't count how many people I hurt intentionally, unintentionally, and throughout my life. If I could take them all back, I would. I can't. So what I'm going to do is be super aware that if I my mindset ever gets to a point where I would focus on the slight someone caused against me, I say, wait a minute. I just definitely don't want someone out there focusing on some slight I did. Look. Our cells regenerate in our body, and one of the most exciting concepts, one of the most exciting topics in the field of psychology, it's called neurogenesis. It's a fancy term. It means that your neurons, there there can be new neural pathways. Now, originally, we thought this was to be the case for just infants, right? Infants up to three years old, you know, you're creating tons and tons of new neural pathways, and actually all throughout childhood, right? But then there was a point where people say, okay, now this stops, but research maybe 15 years ago now has demonstrated that neurogenesis, the creation of new neural pathways can continue throughout a person's entire life. There was a man who was 99 years old who never drove before and learned to drive. He never read before he learned to read. He actually wrote a book at 99 years old. There can be new neural pathways. Why is this exciting? Well, it's exciting because that means that, even if you've been steeped in anger and hatred, if you change your dialogue, if you focus on different language, you can make new neural pathways and you can really change the way you experience reality. So that's why I want to focus on this stuff. I, I think that there's a lot of hatred out there. And like I said, tonight, would love to talk to you about it if you're struggling specifically with it. If you want to, you can make up a name. We had a great caller last week who just, you know, we just did it all anonymous, but we were able to really kind of dive in. So 866-391-1020 is the number. I would love to uh, love to hear from you about this because there's so many people who are angry no matter where you are, especially when we think about it in terms of um, the political climate, there's just instant anger. And it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable for people to sit in that. It's not comfortable for people to sit in hatred. And it's not, when we think about rallying other people to hate someone, think about that. So let's say you had a negative experience with a family member. And so now you are on everybody else in the family, you're trying to get everybody to have the same perspective you have. But again, let me shine some light on that. If you're in pain, why, why share that pain? Well, there's a reason why. It's just like when someone's drowning, They might try to pull the person who's trying to save them under. And we do that psychologically. If we're in pain, we're trying to pull everyone around us. But here is the beautiful aspect to consciousness. Once we realize that we're not stuck doing that. In other words, now that you're aware of it, you don't have to actually do it. Look, my goal in this show is to kind of bring peace. And sometimes that's hard because we're shining a light in areas where light doesn't, you know, the darkness doesn't want to be revealed, but we're going to kind of keep shining that light tonight. 866 391 1020 is the number. Would love for you to be a part of the show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. It's Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's a weekly checkup from the neck up on KDKA Radio. Hey, the number is 866 391 1020. If you're angry. If you're struggling with hatred or if you know someone is and you want to deal with it, let's go to this email. Um, and this email comes from David. He said, my wife is wound tight and has anger problems. She goes off quickly, easily. She also expresses anger every day. Is there anything I can help her with that will make her realize that she has to change? Great question, David. Great question. Um, but here's the deal. So you see your wife is struggling with anger. You see her you know, reacting quickly whenever she experiences that anger. So what do, you, what do you do? Because how do you help her? Well, I tell you, David, I want to not be remiss in telling you, I would love for you to go by walking through anger because I just wrote an entire book. On how to handle exactly that. How do you handle your loved one's anger? But I'm also going to give you the emotional management radio show version as well. And that is this. Look, I think trying to fix when we, when we have our loved ones who are struggling with emotional issues, we want to fix it. We want to say, okay, what can I do to make it better? And that's, that's beautiful. It's great. It's a, it's comes from a, a well-intentioned place The problem is we don't just fix someone else's emotions. What we do is we can hold a space for them. And there, there could be so many reasons for why your wife is struggling with such uh, intense anger. There could be reasons. And when I hear wound tight, so when you write that she's wound tight, I interpret that as uh, I talk about this on the show. I do it and I've done videos on it, but the difference between the cartoon world, And the real world, the cartoon world is your world of shoulds. This is how the world should be. People should respond the way I think they should. But that is a, I call it cartoon world because it's imaginary. It's not real. So then there's the real world, how the world actually is. So when I hear people are wound tight, I hear that they're stuck in their cartoon worlds. And they may have, we talked about this on the show before. You may have a very um, rational cartoon world thought but nonetheless, if it's not happening, it's not real. So we want to align our expectations with reality. In your case, it might be your cartoon world is I can do something. I, I should be able to fix her anger. The reality is you have not fixed her anger and it's her anger's hers to fix. But what you can do is provide, provide a space. You can validate, you can listen to her. You can validate, you can help her come up with options but listen and validate, listen and validate, because here's the deal. We have a tendency to believe that we're listening and we have a tendency to believe that we validate. And here's what I mean by validate. So by validate, I mean, acknowledge her perspective, acknowledge what she's communicating. That doesn't mean you agree with it. That doesn't mean you have to jump on board and get angry with it, but you're acknowledging her perspective, what she's sharing. This is her perspective of life. And there are a myriad of factors that could contribute to anger and so many different factors. Physically, physically, you could be going through things that could be driving chemical, uh, hormonal changes. You could be driven by, you know, hunger. You could be driven by to anger by fatigue. There are so many factors that contribute. There could be trauma. There could be so many things that contribute to it. So when I say, listen, I mean, listen, and, and here's the deal. When it comes to fixing, you might say, well, I've listened before I validated before, well, this is an ongoing thing. That's like me saying, well, I ate yesterday, so I had food yesterday. I don't have to worry about that. No, I still have to eat the next day. So you want to validate, not just until you believe you validated her, but you want to validate her until she feels validated. Because once she can get that off her chest, once she can say what she needs to say without worrying that she has to doubly explain it, because that's oftentimes what happens. People get exasperated trying to explain the core of their frustration. But on the flip side, too, the reason why people tend to go off when they're angry and want somebody to hear them, they feel like they they haven't been understood. What I have found is... You can actually handle your own anger if no one else is around to validate you by visualizing talking to, let's say, your higher self. Like, Let's say you were to step outside and kind of envision if you were a a, a wise teacher up on a mountainside and you had a conversation with you, what would you say? So that's kind of a real important personal strategy on how you can handle gripping things like that. But in terms of your how you, David, can help your wife be there for her. Don't judge her. Listen to her. I'm sorry to hear that you're struggling with that. That sucks. That sucks. I'm so sorry to hear that that's what you're struggling with. And the more you can hold a space for her, the less she feels like she has to get exasperated explaining it, the more she will eventually see that the anger isn't to do with every everyone else. It has to do with her perspective. And once you can realize that the anger has to do with your perspective, it's actually really freeing because then you realize, wait a minute, I can work on my perspective and I can change my anger. In other words, let's say that anger stems from something physiological. For those of you out there who are listening, and I know now that people are listening uh, who are studying counseling. So for those of you who are studying counseling and you've heard of cognitive behavioral therapy, and now you heard of my yield theory, and you think about what are the differences well, cognitive behavioral therapy is wonderful. I draw on it. I utilize it. I think it's excellent. But where yield theory differs is this. In cognitive behavioral therapy, the, the standard is that you are not disturbed by things, the outside world. You're disturbed by, from your perspective of the outside world. And I love that. I believe that's true so many times. So many times is that true. But the part where we go a little different in yield theory is we agree with that, but we also say that there are some times when your mind just wants to match your body. In other words, your body could be what is triggering that anger, and then it's the thoughts that follow. So we create a story to follow. So let's say that there are hormonal changes occurring, and maybe your wife is going through Uh, something could be going through anything. Procedures could go through menopause. And then there are moments when she's feeling agitated, irritable, angry, and can't put a finger on why. So then everything on the outside world, it's almost like she's wearing a, a, uh, when you feel angry all the time, you almost feel like you're wearing a prickly coat or something. And, and the slightest movement sets you off. And that's really what happens. What I spend a lot of time teaching people to do is take off that prickly coat. So it doesn't stab you or others. And so I I think providing a space for her is huge, David, like listening to her, validating her, exploring some options. Where can we go from here and not having judgment, like recognizing that she's suffering. Your wife does not want to be that angry. She is not feeling comfortable. I have more than 20,000 hours of sitting down clinical sessions And through all the years, 21 years doing this stuff, meeting people from all over the world, I found that people do not want to be angry. That's not where peace is found. That does not mean that there aren't people who enjoy being angry because there certainly are. You can see somebody calling in. Well, I like being angry. Well, yeah, you like whenever you're angry because there are many factors. One of them is when you're struggling with depression or anxiety or shame you'll want to act out in anger because it makes you actually feel better than those other three. But unfortunately, that's not the highest level of consciousness being in anger and hatred. That's not peace to be in peace is a different state of being altogether. But it's a great question, David. I I love the question. I like that you care enough to write in and ask, how do I help this? That's beautiful. So you've been married. It doesn't matter if you've been married for a minute, or 70 years, the reality is that you're wanting to work on your relationship, David, and and do something kind and say, how can I be helpful for her? Now, when we say, well, I, I need to make her realize this is the only piece that I want to kind of really teach. And that's this, when you say, I want to make her realize she has to change, well, we can't make people realize you can hold a space, you can be a mirror. And the more you listen, the more you validate, the more you make yourself a reflection of what's going on with her. And that's exactly what happens with validation. You make yourself a reflection and now the person has an opportunity to see herself and see what she's emanating, giving off to the world. Remember people see your actions, not your intentions. And we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge the world by their actions. We need to be mindful of that. That's why we're shining light tonight. Hey, listen, 866 391 1020 is the number. I would love for you to be a part of this show. 866 391 1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. 866 391 1020 is the number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. So I, uh, I love the reach that you can have in today's world. So there are upsides and downsides to everything. (laughs) There are upsides and downsides to social media. One of the, um, powerful aspects to social media is an opportunity to speak to people, you know, and get a message out quickly. So I wrote something the other day on Facebook. My Facebook is at Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to read you this post because 11,000 people saw this in a couple days, whomever you want to gossip about don't whomever you want to speak negatively about don't whomever you want to judge don't don't just don't be better than that. You have no idea truly what that other person is going through. You don't know that person's inner turmoil. You don't know what life is like through that person's eyes. It's only your ego that tries to convince you that you know you don't. So don't don't talk about people. Don't rally others to dislike who you dislike. Don't spread pain. Don't spread suffering. You have a right to feel however you feel. You have a right to argue with people in your mind all day. You have a right to nourish your own internal discontentment with others or the world not being what you believe it should be. But please Stop spreading it. Stop spreading gossip. Stop spreading anger. Stop spreading negativity. You're better than that. If you want to live in a peaceful world, then contribute peace to the world. We need each other. We need you. We need your best. Look, I I, I was touched by the reaction. A lot of people were sharing, talking about it. But I do what I do because I'm trying to make the world... Um, more peaceful place. I don't really think that's a silly answer or just a, you know, just making a, a trite statement. I, I really do believe I very much want to make the world a better place. Um, if you listen to the show uh, not, uh, enough, you know uh, my wife and I have a beautiful 14 year old daughter, and I definitely want the world to be better for her. I think she deserves better. I think all our children deserve better. And so that means us being the peace that we want to see in this world. And and again, we think our hatred is justified, we think our anger is justified, we think our gossip is justified, but it's not. So I did a video called uh, one word anger management this week on YouTube. One word anger management, and it's about understanding that if you tell yourself one word, you can radically shift your anger. And that word is maybe. Think about it. We are so certain when we're angry, we are so certain that whatever happens happened, whatever we think happened. But here's the deal. When we're certain that we become arrogant and that's ego. But when we can recognize that maybe there's another side to the story, maybe there's more to the story than what we realized. Let's go to the phone lines. And Judy, you are on uh, emotional management.
1: Thank you. I've spoken to you before, and your subject matter made me think of something that I composed and actually gave it to a high school principal, and he used it for a um, graduation address. Now, I'm feeling... That there are a young lot of young people that really have to learn a lot about what you're talking about right now, uh, while they're still in school, and I wondered if there's somehow I could send you this that uh, you might be able to put it to use
0: there, there, or uh, get it
1: out to people.
0: Definitely, there is. Uh, there is a way. In fact, I will. Um, I'm going to put you. When you call back in, you're gonna. I'll have you uh, call back in and talk to the producer, and he will get it. Uh, he'll have you uh, set up so that you can send it to me. But I really appreciate you uh, calling, and I also appreciate the I, the reality that you understand that we want young people to start to focus on this stuff early on. Yes. What kind of lessons have you learned in your life about letting go of anger and hatred?
1: Well, there are certain things that I have difficulty letting go of in the sense of when there are things that have hurt other people that I love. Mm -hmm. I can let go of my anger or unhappiness when I've been hurt, but when a person I've loved has been hurt, that's what I have difficulty with, but I do let go. But my main thing is the fact that we never know what another person's going through, And we should never judge them uh, by their actions or um, in in any way because um, you never know uh, what is causing them to be the way they are. And the main thing is to try and just show them love and um, help them in whatever way we can. And it's amazing how love can change a person.
0: I agree with um, that. So I agree with that wholeheartedly, Judy. I really do. I think love is trans- transformational. And, it is. and And anger, you stay in the same place. Like, you ever notice if you're angry or you have hatred, you're in the same spot now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, talking Correct. about the same stuff. But Correct. love, compassion, that transforms you.
1: And I believe that 90-some percent of the people that end up in prison are there because they did not receive love.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. whatever the percentage is, there there are a lot of people who didn't get the kind of love that would have helped them. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, your wisdom's awesome. I'm so grateful that you called in and share that with us. Um, I also love that point of bringing up. It is easier, and I kind of agree with you on this, too. It's easier to let go of stuff slights against us. It is tougher. You're right. I'm glad you shined light on that. It is tougher when a loved one gets hurt. But, but I think part of that is we have a tendency to believe, like, we can get through the pain we're in, but we're mm-hmm. maybe worried about our loved ones not getting through it. But one of the things Correct. that I tell myself is they're strong enough to get through it, too, and this will make them a better person.
1: That is true. But it's hard to accept in your mind when someone you love is hurting.
0: So much, And you
1: don't feel that there's any way that you can undo, um, you know, the hurt that's happened to them.
0: Oh, I, that's, that's exactly it. Hey, I appreciate your call so much. Thank you so much for calling in. And like I say, I want you to call right back and and the producer will will get you, uh, that, so to get that to me.
1: Thank you. Have a beautiful night. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Um,
0: what a great call. Uh, appreciate that so much. Um, I appreciate that so much from Judy. Look, we are, I want to highlight that idea that when we stay in one place, when you're angry and you're mad at someone, when you're holding on to resentment, think about your own development. If someone told you that at age 15, you were not going to develop beyond that, you'd say, no, I'm going to learn a lot in my life. But if you're still mad at something in the same way, 15, 20 years later... Well, that's the impact. Hey, 866 391 1020 is the number. We got a great second half for you coming up. Plenty of time to call in. Let's deal with the issues that are at hand. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. So we're talking about uh intense emotions, specifically hatred. Like you get angry, you get you get hatred and and it's gripping. It's gripping. So how do we how do we deal with that? Well, I'm gonna give you some practical strategies. We're gonna talk pra- pragmatics. What do we actually do about all of that? Uh first I wanted to say this. I've been um I've heard from a couple of people from Australia this week and my heart goes out to everybody who is struggling. Um I mean, really you talk about profound seriousness, those fires are devastating and it's just beyond, it's beyond words. Um, but, uh, this next question comes from someone, uh, comes from a woman in Australia. Actually, we, uh, she's, um, she writes uh, this different issue about, um, what's going on with the fires. But this, I'm going to highlight this email. She says, uh, my daughter is great at debating and she wins arguments with me all the time. I want to teach her that people under 16 aren't ready for sex, but my daughter says that people are ready at different ages. She's 15, by the way. So this is a great question. I think this applies to a lot of people out there who might be having this kind of conversation. So there are a couple areas and things to, to talk about first, first, you know, there's a difference between being technically right in a debate and really seeking truth. It's one thing to win an argument, uh, with someone. It's another thing to actually be on a path of truth. You can actually be right in an argument with everyone around you, Maybe there are a hundred people around a thousand people, 500,000, a million. Maybe there are 2 billion people listening to you. That's still not even half the world. So when we think that everybody believes something, well, that's not true. So anyway, I want to be mindful to, to, when we talk about, you know, with your daughter doing debating that the lesson, the profound lesson to teach her is that sometimes it's not about being technically right. So, you know, because technically does the age, there's no specific exact age, but here's why I would caution young people about making that type of decision. Here's why. So the human brain doesn't fully form until about 24. Some studies have said 28 years old. So mid twenties, at least mid twenties that the human brain is fully formed. We know that the, the final piece of the, the brain that, that becomes fully developed. The final piece to become fully developed, not like it's not present, but is the frontal cortex, the higher level thinking. So what is ready to take in experiences from, from day one are your, your limbic system, your emotional system, but that's, that's developing. And when people, when young people experience traumatic events, intense emotions, it is more likely to stick with them throughout their lives. So whereas the statement, there's not a perfect age to say, what is the exact moment where a person might be ready to make the decision to have sex. So technically she's right. If she says, Oh, people are ready at different ages, but that's a pretty blanket general state statement. Now, if we seek truth a little farther, we see that for young people, if you make that kind of decision, You can't take it back. You can't undo it. And so some of those consequences, besides the physical consequences, are emotional. And I'm not sure young people are always ready to make that decision or even understand the long-term consequences of those decisions. And, of course, young people are going to say that they are ready. So what I would have you teach your daughter is, one, you know, there's solid neuroscience I just gave you, and that's something you could definitely share with her. But the other piece is when it comes to debating, when young people were in debate class, I, actually my daughter's in a debate class right now. but one of the things that the biggest lesson that I wanted my daughter to learn when it came to debate class was there's no mic drop. There's no one argument that beats all the other arguments. As long as we're alive, there's more to say. There's more to learn about a, any given situation. And so the goal is to be able to learn to present multiple sides to an issue. And the ultimate goal is to be able to present those sides without emotion and be able to just say, okay, these are the different perspectives. And this is the perspective that resonates with me the most. So I would encourage you or invite you to talk to your daughter about the concept of being right. Right. Cause see, this is a powerful concept while well, I'm right. So I can do this. Technically you're free to do whatever you want to do, but you're not free from the consequences. See, that's a big difference. You might be free to choose whatever you want to choose, but you are not free from the consequences. And I don't know that at 15, you're ready to understand the lifelong impact of that type of decision. So it's, it's worth talking about that. So those two aspects, one about the emotional preparedness and the impact long-term and, and the brain not being fully developed. And then more importantly, that it's not about being right. It's about seeking truth. It's a big difference with that. I was uh, rereading the Upanishads the other night and uh, the great statement that if you seek pleasure, well, you're never going to get there because you're never going to have that moment. Say, okay, I'm, I'm satisfied with this pleasure forever. But if you seek truth, uh, you have a good chance to get to that. So I would say teach your daughter to seek truth more so than being right. Um, I hope that helps and I hope you uh, are safe and continue to be safe in regard from the fires. There was more to that email. I just pulled out uh, that piece that I think would be readily applicable, and I'm keeping it anonymous. But I'm saying where you're from in general, because I think people, just hearing that can send you some good vibes at a minimum. Look, we are... We're talking a lot, too, about I want to I want to stay on this topic of anger and hatred and how to how to deal with it. And so here's my action plan for you, because it's one thing to just say, hey, let's let's have more love. Let's have more compassion. But how do we do it? So first thing is this actively seek to see other perspectives. This is no different than what I just told the mother about to talking about with her daughter. In debate class, let's strive to see other perspectives. But if you're really seeking to reduce the anger and hatred in your own life, it starts by actively seeking to see other people's perspectives. Here's the action plan assume that you don't know all the sides. So I use when I teach listening, I wrote about it in Walking Through Anger, my latest book, which tells you all about how to deal with this anger stuff. But I use the analogy of a box. And if you imagine a box, you can only see one or two sides to a box that you're standing in front of in any given moment, which means there are always other sides to that box that you cannot see. And so an action plan for handling anger, an action plan for handling hatred is to actively seek other perspectives and operate on the assumption that you do not know that there is something that you're not seeing. There's a side of the box that is holds, the potential to give you information that could change everything. And then probably one of the most important strategies you can do for an action plan is practice peaceful habits. We're going to talk about what those peaceful habits can be coming up. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is emotional management on KDKA radio. Welcome back to emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti trying to help you find some peace. 866-391-1020 is the number if you'd like to be a part of the show i'd love to talk to you Um, even even if you want to call in anonymously do that call in anonymously Um, i'm going to go to the email Uh, question says what if you have a family member who keeps cursing you out and keeps giving you Negativity. I think you should be allowed to have boundaries and, and thank you for your question. That's a great question. Um, I definitely want to clarify that not living in hatred does not mean that you can't have boundaries. Of course you can have boundaries. Absolutely. You can have boundaries. Having boundaries is not the same thing as holding on to hatred. It's just not the same thing. So when we recognize, look, if somebody keeps coming at you and they're, they're they're cussing you out, first of all, that's not okay. And it's important that we teach people how to treat us. So if someone cusses you out and you express to them, look, I'm not okay with you speaking to me like that. And if you choose to speak to me like that, I'm going to choose to not speak to you. In other words, I'm not going to answer. There's just no chance. So I'll give you an example. I work at maximum security prisons and I uh you know people are struggling people are in a tough way. I've been to places where um you know somebody who's in the hole in solitary confinement is cussing or yelling or screaming out maybe calling me every name in the book and what I say in a calm way is I appreciate that you have a lot of emotions going on right now but I will not choose to respond to someone speaking to me in that way. If you feel like choosing to speak to me in a different way later, I'll be happy to engage and talk with you. So you'll notice a couple of things about that. I'm not reactive. I'm not going to jump in and make a big fuss. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to take a word of what someone says personally, but I am going to lay some boundaries down, but that doesn't mean I have to feel hatred or anything else. I just simply, here are some boundaries. So, and I would say it's important to establish some boundaries. This is not okay. And if that means me not, you know, giving in, if that, if it's a friend, if it's a family member, if it's somebody who's calling you, they they, they cuss you out the second they cuss, boom, click. I'm not going to stay on this phone while you talk to me that way. We teach people how to treat us. And I think that's so important. So I have an email from Alice. Alice says, how do I get rid of bitterness and anger in my heart? How do I forgive others? I need help. Alice, you wrote into the right place. This is emotional management. We're going to talk about that. How do I get rid of bitterness and anger in my heart? How do I forgive others? I need help. So this is on point. This is what the topic we're talking about. How do I get rid of it? It's not fun to have. And and I said before, uh, earlier the top of the show, I talked about, um, there are things that you can do an action plan how can I let go? So how do you forgive others? Well, first thing let's actively seek to see the perspective, whatever you're, whoever hurt you, whatever they did, there was their perspective on that. Doesn't make it right. Not at all. Not at all. Does not make it right. But there were reasons why that person did that. Just like there were reasons why you have hurt others in your life. There are reasons are not excuses, but there are reasons. Now, when we understand that, we understand that people operate differently. They see the world differently. My wife was showing me a great statement that this um, spiritual teacher shared, which was, if you look at a forest, there are going to be some trees that are bent over because they don't get sunlight. And you don't walk into the forest and say, I can't believe those trees are bent over. You just say they're not getting sunlight. And you understand why they're shaped the way they are. In that same way, when we look at people who are struggling, they're struggling because they didn't get enough of whatever it is that would have helped them be fulfilled. So there's a reason. There's a reason why they are where they are. Now, no one in a place of peace hurts others. I want to say that again. No one in a place of peace hurts others. So when people hurt you, Alice they did it because they were hurting themselves they couldn't see they could not see what happened and i think that's a, that's an important it's 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 vital to helping you change what's going on so i talked about an action plan how do we do this so first i would have you actively seek to see someone else's perspective again that is not and we have a tendency to jump from one extreme to another and I've done this long enough where I know people can call in and write in and say, oh, so you're saying you just give in to whatever. The... No, I'm not saying to give in. To the contrary, I'm saying set firm boundaries. However, seeking to see someone's perspective, well, there's actually a neurological reason why that helps you too. That is when you are emotional and you're emoting hate, well, you're in the emotional part of your brain. But when you are actively seeking to see their perspective and understand you're operating from the higher level thinking center of your brain. So even in the act of attempting to see the world from someone else's perspective, you move yourself from your emotion center to your higher level thinking center. So again, when you operate from the assumption that you don't know the full story, you give yourself a chance to lead with humility And curiosity to find out. Now, the feelings associated with humility and curiosity are much different than those associated with anger and hatred. And again, no extreme here. We're not talking about never feel anger. Anger can be a great motivator, anger can be helpful. Anger can help you get away from an abusive situation, anger can help you do something that you really need to do. So it's not wrong or bad. But when we talk about hatred, It's a little different than anger. And that's, that's where the poison kind of comes in to play. But if we looked at these trees that that don't get light and we say, okay, these trees are the way they are because of they're not getting enough light and people are the way they are because they're not often getting the, the other kind of light. So the other part of my action plan and Alice, I would love for you to incorporate this and that is peaceful habits. So here's what I mean by this. We master what we practice. If you practice gossiping, you get really good at gossiping. If you practice complaining, you get really good at complaining. You can become a master complainer. <laughs> you can get really good at whatever you do. If your your mind is on trivial things, you'll master having your mind be focused on trivial things. If your conversations primarily center on what you don't have, what goes wrong, then that's what you get um, become. You master seeing the world that way. Now I talked about neurogenesis earlier, the creation of new neural pathways and the exciting aspect of that. They can be created your entire life. So by actively creating and living out peaceful habits, you create those new neural pathways. Here are some peaceful habits. I would invite you to try. One, meditate. So 20 years ago, I would talk about meditation. People would say, that's out there. That's crazy. I don't buy into that. Some voodoo stuff. <laughs> uh, today's world, it's would be ridiculous for me not to tell you about meditation. Meditation, you can have spiritual beliefs. You can have no spiritual beliefs. Meditation does for your brain what exercise does for your body. It's a, it's a fact. It's a neurological fact. You can decrease your internal dialogue, default mode network. You can, you know, you can improve your blood pressure. You can decrease your amygdala. So in other words, your fight or flight response kind of gets to a place of a lot better place. Let's just say that so to meditate. So meditation is a huge habit and I'll, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about some strategies for that, but another peaceful habit you can practice is accurate language accurate language. Just think about this. If you were to say, I can't stand so-and-so, this person's the worst, whatever. Well, first of all, you can stand it and that person's not the worst anything. You might not like them. You might disagree with them. But then if you really look at it, what all do you disagree with? Because at first you might think everything. I disagree with everything about that person, but that person eats. Do you eat? You don't disagree with eating. Do you? That person sleeps. You sleep. You don't disagree with sleeping. Do you? And there are some other things besides eating and sleeping that you do that that person does that are commonalities that you don't hate. But again, when you use inaccurate language, it's everything. I hate everything about them. When you practice the peaceful habit of accurate language, you start to see the world in a different way. I almost said a vastly different way, but again, that would have been maybe... (laughs) Maybe that would have been an exaggeration, but it, to me I, I would I would argue that it's accurate, but maybe that's my cartoon world. When you practice accurate language, you speak in balanced ways. You you start to feel balanced. Someone cuts you off in traffic and you, instead of saying I can't stand it when people do that or he shouldn't have done that, you go, I would have preferred he didn't do that, but it's not the end of the world, and I'm okay. And the more accurate you are with your language, the more balance you find in your life, the more you practice accurate language, the better you get at mastering it. And when you master accurate language, my goodness, it's helpful. We got a whole lot uh, coming up. 866-391-1020. We'd love to talk to you. 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. It's emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I love this field. I love the idea of getting to delve deeply into the undiscovered human psyche. It's awesome. Each of us is equipped with our own internal universe and going inward, looking inward is fascinating with every person. 866-391-1020 is the number. If you want to be a part of the show, give me a call. 866-391-1020 is the number. But we're talking about not just sitting and dwelling in anger and hatred, but finding strategies on how to not live like that. And it's not enough just to say, well, just have love or just this, just that. Look, we have a tendency to minimize people's, progress and what they need to do. You just need to do this. Well, could you imagine if the, whatever you're struggling with, someone came along and said, well, just do this. It's not a just, it's, it's difficult, takes effort. The stuff I teach isn't complicated, but it does take effort. For instance, meditation, meditation isn't complex. It's not complicated. And it takes the discipline of you taking a few moments out of your day to sit still. Now, with meditation being a buzzword these days, there can be there and there are many different ways to meditate. Doesn't have to be one perfect one, but the general, maybe the most general way I talk about implementing meditation is to sit still and and to sit up. Look, there's a difference between relaxing and sitting back you need that you need that time your brain needs to vibe on different levels you need to read books sometimes you need to watch TV sometimes of course you need these different uh, I'm not saying you need to watch TV but you know what I mean there are different moments and things that you can take in and vibe at different levels but when it comes to meditation it's an active process so I invite people to sit up and the reason why I say sit up is when your back is straight it activates something called the reticular formation which is your waking alert system. So this is an active process. Even though you're sitting still, it's an active process. And something that I say to our daughter every day of her life, I'm pretty sure, is a still body is a still mind. In other words, if your body is still, your mind will become still. If you are you have an itch and you scratch it, it's nothing wrong with that. And you're not wrong or bad. You're not messing up. There's no perfect way to do it. But again, if you're in the middle of meditation and you have an itch and you choose not to scratch it, one of the things you're practicing, and remember we master what we practice, you're practicing that you have an impulse to do something and you're resisting that impulse. Think about what you're teaching your brain. You're teaching your brain the next time you have an impulse, you don't have to satiate it. But it takes effort. It takes effort. It's not... It's not. Um, it's not a quick fix. Meditation is not a pill. So you're not going to meditate once and fill on cloud nine. It's not acid. I have no idea why I threw that out there to be funny, but it's not something like that. It's not, it's not that type of thing. Meditation works, but it takes time. And, and if you're looking for a quick feeling, well, this isn't the route to go, but if you're looking to change your brain to improve your brain, the functioning of your brain, then sitting in meditation is powerful. It's transformative. It takes some time. Harvard did a study a while back saying that uh, five minutes of meditation a day for six straight weeks makes neurological changes in your brain. Five minutes a day for six straight weeks. So look, I when I do seminars and things on yield theory, I tell people, We'll do it for two minutes. I'll do it for two minutes with them as a group. And I always recommend people start with two minutes a day because you have excuses for why you can't take 20 minutes to meditate. You have excuses for why you can't take 10 minutes. You don't have any excuses for why you don't have two minutes a day to sit still. Now, if you can have a quiet environment, that's wonderful. But the reality is some people out there don't have access to a quiet environment. I know that this show, a lot of guys, uh, men and women who are incarcerated, listen to this show and maybe they don't have access to, uh, a quiet environment. You can still meditate. So my wife and daughter and I meditate every day we have for, since our daughter was about six years old or so. Um, and there were moments when we would start where, you know, we have a meditation room in our house, we have two big dogs and there were moments when maybe the dogs are barking and you might think that that's a distraction, but we would teach our daughter all the time. It's okay that they bark. It's okay that they bark. What's important is, can you be okay, even though the outside environment isn't exactly the way you would want it to be? And the more you practice sitting in something that's not exactly the way you want, the better you get at it and the less you feel the need to change the outside world. That's, that's, that's important. Let's go to the phone lines and Cliff from Beaver Falls. You're, yeah. you're on emotional management.
2: Okay. Dr. Connie just wondered, uh, how much of a part does, uh, hurt play in, producing anger, and what strategies do we have for helping people get healed of hurts other than the meditation that you talked about?
0: No, this is a great, great question. What part does hurt play? Because when we're hurt, it feels so awful that we find that we would rather lash out in anger than dwell in that pain of being hurt. So hurt, I think, plays a huge part in anger. Especially, let's say someone doesn't feel good about him or herself in the moment, and we feel ashamed. You know, we our first two dogs that my wife and I had. Um, the one dog, if he didn't, if he felt embarrassed, he'd turn around and bite the other dog, and we were like, "Quit taking it out on her." Um, but that's kind of a microcosm of what happens when we feel bad. If we feel like someone showed us up or someone said something, we don't want them to say, we feel hurt. We lash out in anger due to that pain. Is that great? So, uh, but the question I think you're asking too, like, what are the strategies? What do you do? And I think to me, the biggest strategy is recognizing it so that you can say, I don't need to lash out right now. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this but it's not the end of the world.
2: As far as helping other people get healed of those hurts, though, um, what are some, let's say, I'm a pastor. I'm just, uh, I see this a lot, you know, uh, the the root of of many, of a lot of anger is hurt. And, you know, okay, um, how do we help people get healed of that hurt? And I know you mentioned meditation, uh, which is very relevant but is
0: there anything else you can think of yeah no definitely first of all i love the, the work you're doing you're helping tons of people all the time i think that when we see people who are struggling um to hang on to that hurt you know i told this story one time i made up this story like let's say there's a guy at a restaurant and it's really expensive restaurant and he's he's a kind of a he, he doesn't like he's frugal he doesn't want to spend money so he's spending all this money he his meal is terrible he hates it he hates every bite of it and so he hates every bite, and the waiter comes over and says, how's your meal? And he says, I hate it, and it's way too expensive, so let me have another one. And the waiter's like, why, why would you want to have another one? If you hated it, why do you have another one? And that's why it's kind of analogous to people who stay in pay, pain. You didn't like that moment, but you're replaying that moment over and over and over again in your mind, and I want to help you free yourself by not reliving that moment over and over again. And the main, the main way to do that is order something new, like start to fill your mind with what you want to be in your mind.
2: Very good. Okay. Well, very helpful. All right.
0: Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you I appreciate calling it. in. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Have a great night. Um, no, I love that. And that's, it's really wonderful. And it's, it's just doing awesome work. Um, why would we want to continue to dwell in the things we don't like? I can't tell you how many people I've met through the years who get absolutely furious over politics and daily will tune into the shows that talk about the stuff they don't like. And I just, I, some and once you see it, it's very difficult to unsee it. So when I was in college in the nineties, they had these posters um, and these posters were, if you stared at them, maybe some of you remember, remember this, but if you stared at the poster, you could finally see the picture, but you had to really stare at it and I don't even know the visual effect of it, but once, once you saw it enough, you finally saw the picture. And then once you saw it, it was easy to get back to it every time you saw that picture. Oh yeah, it's there. And people come in your room and they couldn't see it. And you know, it was a nice talking piece, but that's kind of what happens when you recognize what it means to order peace in your life. When you recognize that if you don't like something and you keep coming back to it, it's like the old joke From when I was a little kid and my dad would do this joke where he'd say, well, I have to go to the doctors. And I'd say, why is that? And he'd say, every time I do this, he'd slap himself in the face. He'd say, it hurts. So then as a little tiny kid, you say, well, stop doing that. Oh, that's it. So we stopped doing it. The answer is simple. Now, listen, it doesn't mean that it's easy to do because if your habit has been ingrained to turn on the things that anger you, then you're going to continue with that habit. But remember, neurogenesis is possible. The creation of new neural pathways is possible. So help yourself order peace. Help yourself order the things in your life that you want to be in your life. Act. I'm not saying ignore things. I'm saying actively fill your mind with what you want to be in your mind. The analogy I use is a bucket. Whatever you put in a bucket will be in a bucket. The same is true with your mind. What you put in your mind will be in your mind. If you want to put some good reading in your mind, check out my new book, Walking Through Anger. Available anywhere books are sold. We got some more coming up. 866-391-1020 is the number if you want to talk. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. We're learning to manage our emotions. I love it. I'm Dr. Christian Conte. We're going to go to the phone lines and Cliff, different for Cliff from our last caller, Cliff, Cliff from Squirrel Hill. You're on emotional management.
2: Hey, doctor, I was just wondering, where do you, where do you uh, take these, uh, like meditation classes throughout Pittsburgh? I, I really do nobody advertises anything like that.
0: No, that's actually a great question. I wish I had a list of classes of where people have it. I think that's something else I'll, I'll Report back to my show next week with some places. So so I'm definitely grateful that you asked about that. I don't have exact classes to do, but I can tell you some things you could work on yourself if you're willing to. Um, If you think you could take two minutes a day. Let me ask you. this: Do you think you could take five minutes a day?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I everything I've, I find online, it, it wants you to sign up for their programs. I just want to know. I'd rather take a local program.
0: Right, right. And if and and if and we'll like I said, we'll let's we'll definitely try to find answers for you for that because I don't have an answer right now, but I want to find an answer for what's around in Pittsburgh. Um, I have a video on YouTube around on meditation too, if that's helpful. Um, but the main thing, the main thing that you want to focus on is sitting in that stillness, like trying to find, you don't need music. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could find nature sounds or something like that if you wanted, um, like if there's other disturbing noises on around, but the key I is, just, go ahead.
2: I just want to know, I want to not concentrate on like breathing and, and like, you know, the whole just silence for, for five minutes or, or 10 minutes, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Here's what to focus on. It's not about shutting your mind off because that's not even possible. (laughs) Think about this. If you're ever in a moment and you think you actually shut your mind off and you're like, oh, I did it. I shut my, oh crap, that's a thought. So it's not about shutting your mind off. It's about observing your mind. You're becoming an observer. So let's say you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh gosh, how long do I have to do this for? Well, now you just, instead of going with that thought, you almost step outside yourself and you go, look, he's having that thought of how long does it have to be? Just because I have this thought doesn't mean I have to stick with it.
2: I'm totally into it. I mean, I I really want to learn more about it. I just, you know, like I said, this is a, um, it's either you're brought into it or it's a generational thing. And I really want to learn more about it.
0: Oh, it's awesome. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out some information and I'll also post something on my Facebook. So I have a Facebook at Dr. Christian Conti and I will post something on there about an answer for you. meditation classes so thank you for your question because i'm definitely going to post something and in the meantime check out my youtube video on it because i talk a little bit about it hopefully that can help you because my purpose of telling you go ahead
2: what's the link i'm sorry i apologize what's the link the link on youtube again
0: yeah you just go to youtube and type in dr christian conti so just just my name dr christian conti c-o-n-t-e and i'll come right up Um, i appreciate it have a good night Yeah, definitely thank you so much thank you for your call Great, great call. Great question. It's something that I definitely want to give an answer to everyone out there. I know people listen to this show all over the country and in different countries. Um, So we'll get you as much information as we can. You know, there are apps and different things that can be helpful. You'll notice that when I what I'm doing is not has nothing to do with money. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to. That's not what I'm I'm talking about this for. I'm talking about it for your own mental well-being. And like Cliff said, he's into it, wants to learn it, wants to do more of it. So you know the things that I would tell my own loved ones about when you're searching for stuff is if people are insistent that there's only one way and it's their way, those are things you might want to be a little hesitant about because I'm not sure there's only one way to do it. But if people are open and you know, this is it's about learning how to sit in the present moment. It doesn't mean shutting your brain off. You're not going to shut your brain off and that's perfectly okay. That's not the goal. It's not the goal at all. There are, you can have zero spiritual beliefs and be fully involved in it. If you have spiritual beliefs, I think that, you know, really heightens the experience. I can only speak from a position of, I have spiritual beliefs. So for me, I incorporate those spiritual beliefs into my daily meditations. Uh, For me, that's a powerful experience, but you don't have to, you don't have to have any beliefs whatsoever. Again, there's so many different sides to the box There are so many different perspectives. It's not about a bit right or wrong. It's a matter of finding a way to find peace. See, I think that over and over again, I think this every day, this is, this is something that is important to know. I think this every day, what do we really want in life? Why do we have to wait until someone is in hospice to start thinking, man, I wish I would have treated this person differently or if that person is struggling in hospice and thinking, I wish I would have treated others differently. Let's rally around changing ourselves. No one else, just us. That means I work on me. But the thing that I see every day is I say, if I want to have peace and I know that at the end of my life and my final moments, I'm not going to be thinking of, you know, all the things that I didn't get, I'm going to be thinking of peace. And if I know that at the end, I got to start practicing it. I can't wait till the end and think I'm going to be ready for it. I need to practice peace. If you want peace, you have to practice peace. Now, let's take that a step further to the what I ta- kind of targeted this whole show around. And that's the poison of hatred. If you don't like someone and you just told someone else about that hatred, you just spread that. So, whatever you didn't like, the feelings you didn't like, that hatred inside, you've now made that bigger. That was a part of what you contributed to the world that day. Now, imagine if you stood in front of a mirror and said, Today, I contributed hatred to the world. This is powerful, but think about this. What if you stood and looked yourself in the mirror and said, Today, I contributed hatred to the world? I contributed pain and suffering when I gossiped about that person today. Because if you knew you were going to own that, you might be less likely to do it. There are action plans. There's an action step on how to find peace. It's practicing peaceful habits. You know, I, I say if you look into my work at all, you'll see I always wish people much peace because I, I mean it. Like I, I, I wish people peace. I feel like my teachings are directed toward helping people find peace. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through a lot because you're going to go through a lot. It means keep your eye on the prize. The prize is peace. And when you seek it, you'll get it. We're here every week on Monday nights 8 to 10. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. Emotions is not easy. Sometimes it's difficult, but there's a way, there's a way to do it that can bring you peace, that can bring you some consciousness, shine some light on it. One of those ways is tuning in every Monday night from eight to 10 on KDK radio for this show. Um, There are other ways to check out some of the work I'm doing. YouTube is a good resource. It's a free resource. Um, So you just go to YouTube, type in Dr. Christian Conti. And uh, the other resource that I love to, to share is a book I wrote. This is I'm passionate about. It's the seventh or eighth book I've written. It's called walking through anger and I'm super proud of it. It's out now. I really can help you. It gives hands-on practical strategies, but I'll catch you next week. And as always, more than anything else, I wish you much peace.